fans, are you ready to brave the wild? With me, your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan, Brave the Wild is available on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Nice to be back on board once again today, Thursday morning, keeping up with the Minnesota Wild in what ended up being a one and two week. So it just kind of was what it was, it, it, you know, not 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 a good week, I'd have to say. Uh, basically got walloped by some bad goalies and then walloped a bad goalie, basically, and then some bad goaltending also on the wild side in those, uh, at least in the middle game. Great goaltending in the Calgary game on both pipes there, both Staylock and Mike Smith. Mike Smith, I thought it's like, okay, David Riddich, you figure he it would be tough. He's been on a nice run, 8-3, eight, eight and three, goals against average just above two. Mike Smith, who's just been awful all season, been struggling. They've been crying about him basically on Fireside, uh, the, the the Fireside chat. That's Calgary Flames podcast. Um, not crying about him because they're whining, but because he's been terrible. And David Riddich kind of came in and saved the day. And then Mike Smith shuts the wild out for his first shutout in quite a while. That's great. And then you get Cam Talbot in the net the next night. You figure, oh yeah, we're, we got this. You know, Dubnik, Dubnik is rested, ready to go. And then. Wow. I mean, it was just right out of the gate. I mean, Edmonton looked like the 80s Oilers. It was ridiculous. Uh, the wild turnovers didn't help either. One after another in the neutral zone, and even in our own zone, creating all kinds of odd man rushes. Great, great stuff. And then the Montreal game was a complete switcheroo of the Edmonton game. Minnesota went ape crap all over Antiniemi, which, well, isn't too surprising, I suppose, and Carey Price has struggled all season. Montreal looked just completely out of it. Like, they didn't care. It, it was weird, and... I don't know. I mean, Montreal is, believe it or not, a wildcard team in the Eastern Conference. They have guys who can score, but their goaltending has struggled most of the season, but I think also their defense, not so good. I mean, there's a reason Montreal traded for both Mike Riley and Gustav Olofsson, I think. So, I think there's a reason for that. So, it's like you put two and two together, and there you go. Um, I brought up a weird idea earlier this week. I even posted it on the Facebook page. I posted it on Minnesota Wild Hardcore. Some people were okay with it, and other people gave me flack. Another thing, too, I put Sam Honest on the second line, which, you know, ended up being, people were like, well, he actually he broke his uh, broke his hand. One of the new members of the show I met just this past week, really cool. Not the show, but the, the Facebook page just this past week. Really appreciate that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, uh, the, uh, the frustrating part is it's really tough to keep up with the injuries and such. Uh, it's like you notice they're out, but you're not sure why they're out because there's, like, never any news when it comes to the Iowa Wild with the injuries. So I apologize for that. I, I generally keep up with the play of the team as best as I can. The injuries just kind of pop up here and there. Sometimes they're talked about, and other times it just kind of goes by the wayside. It's like there was nothing on it, which drove me nuts. And, again, I apologize because it's embarrassing. Uh, Russ, Russ, okay, Ross, I'm sorry, I'm going crazy, Ross Zumbach, Ross Zumbach, the newest member of the Brave the Wild page, so thank you very much on Facebook, and he's the one that pointed that out, so again, my apologies for that, but no, I brought up a weird idea, and I got some major flack for putting Nita Ryder on the fourth line, kind of a high up Joe Weller, a back and forth conversation with him, basically questioning my hockey IQ that it's about 10. I think it's a little higher than that. Uh, I've been following hockey since the you know, late 80s, early 90s, you know, back in the NES days that when, when the Nintendo ruled the earth, the original Nintendo, my favorite one. Um, so no, I, I'm, I'm not perfect and nobody is, including <laughs> putting Sam Anas on the second line. So that's some addenda and errata to kind of open the show. So some stuff to kind of clean up there. My apologies. I had Nita right around the fourth line. My whole point was 
Yul Eriksson Ek. Yul Eriksson Ek. I mean, you look at his AHL numbers. Remember last year he was sent down for about eight games. He had eight points. Now, of course, you add it together. One of them was a multi-point game. He had a couple of points in some of those games there. But it adds up to a point a game. And the previous time, overall, nine games, nine points. So literally a point a game. There is a scoring touch for the guy, but his confidence level is at the AHL when it comes to offense, and it's frustrating. Um, needs to build up that confidence, maybe kick some butt, score some more goals at the AHL level, which Luke Cunning did this year, and of course now he's been called up to the Minnesota Wild to replace Koivu's uh, missing spot. Ultimately, Charlie Coyle moved up to the second-line center position where Miko Koivu was centering Niederreiter and Parisi, and I'm fine with that line because they performed phenomenally well in the Montreal game. <laughs> they did. And it's like you sit and admire how well Charlie Coyle plays as a center versus the, the right wing position, especially on the third line that's in that. I'm almost begging for Koivu to just retire and let Coyle be the second line center because you might free him. You might finally get something out of the guy again. Like, you, you know is there. A few years back, he had 56 points and 18 goals, this and that. But that... Some, some of his scoring ability, it's so evident. You just know it's there. And, man, it's a, it's a thing to see. Uh, ultimately, Koivu's injury was uh, it happened during the uh, Calgary game and late in the game in the third period. Very frustrating situation there. Mark Giordano with a knee-on-knee on Miko Koivu on the 6th of December. 2 nothing loss to Calgary. Minnesota... Boy, Calgary is just up and down the ice, and Alex Stalock was unbelievable throughout the entire game. Like, Calgary looked like the late 80s, early 90s Calgary Flames. They looked like that team, finally. They're finally playing <laughs> at that level again. Calgary, for years and years, since the mid to late 90s, has just floundered here and there, and then they popped up and went to the Stanley Cup Finals, which it was called still back in 2004. Lost in seven games to Tampa. Then they had some up and down years, but generally speaking, more disappointing than good. A couple years ago, well, it's been a while now, like 2010, they jumped up a bit and then got smoked in the second round by the Chicago Blackhawks, much to my chagrin. And off the Blackhawks went to their championship. So that's kind of what that was. That was <laughs> Blackhawks were definitely the team to beat that year. And certainly uh, Calgary and Chicago, definitely in different positions at this point. Uh, Calgary Flames look unbelievable. Uh, Lindholm was... Uh, Lindholm was on the entire night. The, the hesitation, the quick release, and Stalock just wasn't, just couldn't, couldn't get to it. There's just almost nothing you could do. That quick release by uh, Elias Lindholm is an example of a player that was drafted high by the Carolina Panthers. There was some pretty good, uh, obviously, some 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 pretty good hype on him coming into the draft just a few years back, and you know he was a forty-ish, forty-ish fringe kind of upper 40s, lower 50s kind of guy. I mean, he looks like an 80-plus guy now with Calgary. I mean, you get the right mix together, and it's a beautiful thing to watch. Um, unbelievable. Uh, Johnny Goudreau setting him up multiple occasions. Lindholm would have had a hat trick if not for the offsides call on his first goal, but it was like right away, pretty much. Uh, Elias Lindholm scored ultimately and finished it. Uh, similar type of shot, this time ready to go, <laughs> this time in the right position. And just that quick release, the one-timer from Johnny Gaudreau twice, and that was pretty much all she wrote. Elias Lindholm, what a beautiful trade for the Calgary Flames. They did give up Dougie Hamilton. Yes, he was a, fa a very popular defenseman in Calgary, this and that, but again, it looks like a pretty good trade. And Hamilton's doing well in Carolina, but not as good as Elias Lindholm is in Calgary at the end of the day. So that's what you're hoping and praying, that uh, Paul Fenton can pull off something like this. Trade somebody 
like a Niederreiter, and I know, oh boy, we can't we can't trade Niederreiter, we love him, but no, it's probably harder to trade him, not because we love him, but because his contract's too high compared to his uh, results, unfortunately. Um, but you, you hope and pray to God there is some type of a trade out there that can be made with a team that's not doing so hot, that wants a guy that wants to make a change somehow, some way, and you pick up one of their younger players, as Niederreiter's still semi, uh, semi-young as well, you just kind of make the change and hope for the best, and hopefully you can come ahead like the Calgary Flames, uh, get the right mix together, and Elias Lindholm has definitely worked out very nicely for the Calgary Flames. Mike Smith stopped 31 shots, and it just made me want to cry. I couldn't believe it. Like, really, as awful as Mike Smith has been all year, of all people, he shuts out the Minnesota Wild. In a game where the Wild, Alex Dalek was phenomenal. Keeps one of the best-scoring teams in the NHL, which we'll be talking about again, because we're going to be playing them again next week in Excel Energy Center. Um, you keep them down to two goals. They're number two in the league in scoring. Number two in the league in scoring. They're the top team in the Western Conference right now. Just like the old days, they were up there, second, third, first on occasion back in the day. Um, and and you, you you can't even score one. I mean, it's just devastating. Devastating. Uh, David Riddick is inconsistent, and that's partially why Mike Smith was in that, because Riddick had had a, a nasty game the Tuesday before, giving up five goals. Um, but, geez, you get shut up by Mike Smith. I mean... Uh, Obviously, he's a goalie who's been good, but never great. Never been a great goalie. Just kind of above average to average most of his career. And it looked like he's definitely on the downward spiral here and can't do jack. And I don't know. I mean, the Wild had their chances, but magically, Mike Smith was there for everything. And what more can you say? You just get sad and disappointed. Um, And also what's very telling here is that guys like Eric Fair, JT Brown, got more minutes than... uh, Yul Eriksson-Eck. Eric Fair is the fourth-line center. And I love Eric Fair. I love him, but he has his role. Yul Eriksson-Eck is supposed to be getting more minutes than Eric Fair. Yul Eriksson-Eck, I mean, even, even Jordan Greenway reduced to only 10 minutes, 37 seconds. They didn't play particularly well. Uh, Yul Eriksson-Eck has not been anything special. And that's why I'm talking about moving him to the AHL just for a few weeks to gain some scoring touch. Now is probably not the time because of Kuevu's injury. I, I get that. But that's partially why I put the lines out there with Koivu in the lineup as the second-line center and actually have Koyo take over as the third-line center for now. Is that the stupidest idea? Is it really that stupid? But um, So at the end of the day, no Sam Anas. And <laughs> we'll just go. We'll just change that over. I guess we'll leave JT Brown on the fourth line and leave Nino Niederreiter where he is. <laughs> the second line, just so people don't flip out about that. So whatever. Um I do think uh, sending Eulerichsenek down to the AHL is not the dumbest idea ever, though. I don't think so. Just for a little while. I know he's one of the best defensive players on the team. In fact, last year, analytically and all that, he was the best defensive player on the wild, period. And that's great, and that's where his value comes. But there's got to be more. There's got to be more. And when you see that he can score in the AHL level, there's no reason to believe that he can't somehow, some way, gain some scoring touch by gaining some confidence down there and actually bring it to the NHL, because there is some skill set there. It's just we're not seeing it, and it's driving me crazy. You know there's something there. Uh, Unfortunately, he's not going to be Brock Besser. He's not going to be at that talent level, or some of the other players in that draft. The 2016 draft was really something. I mean, you just look it over. Obviously, Connor McDavid, no kidding, Mitch Warner. Those guys are way at the top. And then at 10th, Mikko Rattanen to Colorado. I mean, you just can continue to jump around. Matthew Barzal's really stepped up. Kyle Connor's a pretty good player. But then you got Brock Besser, 
Travis Konecki. It just goes on and on. It's, I don't know. I mean, it's a bummer. You had multiple players fall behind Mr. Uh, (laughs) Hugh Erickson next Sebastian Aho with Carolina. There you go. Sebastian Aho, who's really stepped up uh, big time for them. Of course, uh, that's probably one of the reasons they were willing to trade Elias Lindholm and bring in some uh, defensemen like Dougie Hamilton from Calgary. But obviously it worked out wonderfully for the Flames more so than, than uh, Carolina so far. Even though, you know, Carolina's okay. They're competitive. They're this, they're that. But uh, what an awesome uh, 2016 draft. Just just early. Again, but I multiple players that the Minnesota Wild missed out on when it came to uh, Euler X so far that I think have been significantly better as far as I'm concerned. Oh, yeah. It's, you know, it, it is what it is. And uh, I, I need to get off it. They're not going to send him down, even if I want him to. So, but then again, who's to say? There's always a possibility. Move on, Edmonton Oilers. I don't want to talk about it at all. Seventh of December, Devin Dubnik's in net this time. I don't know what else to say. I I, I just don't know what to say. It's lackadaisical, bad goaltending, turnovers in the neutral zone, turnovers in your own zone. Just you know, unable to get the puck out of your own zone. This and that. Uh, Turnovers in the, in the Edmonton zone, that is, that great odd man rushes. Dry Siddle was phenomenal. Obviously, nice release, but the goaltending was just a joke in this game. I th- both Dubnik and Stalock afterward. Dubnik got the first three shots there. He gave up 50% of the shots he faced. He faced six shots, gave up three goals. Everything was going past him. Obviously, there was good play by Edmonton. I mean, obviously, there, there's a ton of credit going their direction. Ryan Nugent Hopkins scoring like he always seems to against Minnesota. Connor McDavid setting up Drysdale with a nice one-timer, and it just made it look so easy. McDavid, again, also scoring on a shot that, wow, that was just weird. Like, the fake was nice, but then the release, it, it just, the the trajectory of that puck off of Connor McDavid's stick was something, I like, what the hell? It, it was just weird, and it's like you realize just how great these players are. Um great like Connor McDavid is compared to other guys and obviously Leon Dreisaitl is a really damn good player too and um, I'm impressed with Leon Dreisaitl in, in a huge way um, and this this Edmonton team is completely different they're better than Minnesota right now <laughs> yeah they're better than Minnesota right now the, the, the Hitchcock effect Todd McClellan is just you know it seems like everywhere he's gone they've they've had some some good play, but generally speaking, I think a lot of good teams have underachieved under Todd McClellan. I mean, a stacked Sharks team years ago just could not get anywhere with Todd McClellan. And then the this Edmonton team has underachieved as well. Nice little start right at the beginning, and then ever since, kind of downhill. And now, here we go. There you go. Now you got uh, Ken Hitchcock out of nowhere, which shocked the crap out of me. I didn't expect Ken Hitchcock to resurface with the Edmonton Oilers of all teams. All these young players, and then there's Ken Hitchcock, but it's working. It's working, and obviously Ken Hitchcock has won the Stanley Cup before, and you know a, a lot of the teams he's gone to have had a lot of success. So, give him credit. Obviously, the Edmonton Oilers look like a completely different team. The chances of Edmonton making the playoffs are really high, and you know what? You know what? If the Edmonton Oilers make the playoffs, I think it's damn good for the NHL. And I, I mean, does anybody out there disagree with that? You're crazy. And obviously, they have a goalie of the future. He wasn't in net in this particular game. Uh, Cam Talbot did face 33 shots and stopped 30, 31 of them. Unbelievable. Just getting our, getting beat by bad goalies. And of course, again, the turnovers were what they were. And again, you know, I mean, 
the Wild were putting the puck on net. Their chances weren't as good as Edmonton's chances. I mean, Edmonton had some just, just some gems. Connor McDavid wound up with four points, three assists out there, looking like Gretzky with the passing skills. And obviously, Leon Dreisaitl finishing, a la Yari Curry and all those others. I don't know. I don't know why I'm going that direction, but obviously, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, really nice second line center. Of course, another number one overall pick, but obviously, nowhere near Connor McDavid's level or even at uh, uh, Dreisaitl's level. But it is what it is. I mean. This Edmonton team looks completely different. Now, again, Cassian's goal was like, oh, boy, that was that was embarrassing. Uh, that was uh, Cassian and Shizan's level, uh, goals, both ridiculous. And even Nurse's goal, eh, you know, it's just kind of one of those. Nurse's goal is kind of a one-timer. I mean, I, it happens. But, geez, some of these goals given up, even by Staylock. But, I mean, what do you expect? He's coming off a of back-to-back where he played his ass off against the Calgary Flames. So, kind of funny how he had to jump in there right away because Dubnik was so off. And then, again, the play in front of Staylock, more importantly, you could argue. The goaltending was not good, but the play in front was just awful. Uh, Obviously, Edmonton was more fresh. There's that, but good Lord. A completely different team than just a few weeks ago. And Edmonton Oilers' chances of making the playoffs, I think, are outstanding, to, uh, to say the least. And, you know, if your goalie of the future continues to step up the way he's done as well, it's going to be nice to, uh, it's, it's, it's going to be nice for Edmonton fans and I think for the NHL to see the Edmonton Oilers uh, finally starting to achieve something that uh, you figured they could. I mean, obviously the roster needed to be balanced out a bit more. It still does need more balancing. You need more defense, obviously more defensemen, more skilled defensemen with this club, but offensively in the, you know, they're, their top two lines look absolutely great for the most part. And, of course, Connor McDavid is the straw that stirs the drink for the the whole league right now. And it showed in a big way with the Edmonton Oilers making it look easy. And the Wild, obviously, again, terrible, uh, just lazy, just lackadaisical, stupid turnovers. Stunning, stunning to watch. Uh, even even Granlin guilty of a pretty bad one there in, in the neutral zone that led to a odd man rush and... That's just kind of what it was most of the night, and that's why you got a 7-2 to score. Yuck. Just awful game for Minnesota. Uh, and then it's an awful game for the Montreal Canadiens, and Minnesota looked like the Edmonton Oilers with three days off. Three days off to stew about that one. You get to rest, relax, come back home finally after, a, you know, you know, it wasn't the worst road trip ever, but it certainly wasn't the best. Now you get a homestand again. And, well, Nick Steeler had a nice little fight in there as well. Threw in the fight there. Uh, Matt, Dumb- Matt Dumba with a dumb bomb a couple times from Granlin. One-time shots and finishing the job. 12 goals on the year for Matt Dumba. He's among the league leaders in, in goals for defensemen. Not even close when it comes to Minnesota, but Charlie Coyle with a shorthanded goal. How about that? Showing the skill. He, she, he showed the skill, the patience, and the... The elusive move and all that. Uh, it was a backhand ultimately at the end of the day at the center position. I Char- Charlie Coyle is a different player when he plays center. Um, in the past, you thought he might have been not really ready for that position. I think he is. Man, man, you know, if it takes moving Eric Zanek over to wing to generate some scoring, go for it. And if Charlie Coyle could pop in the assists, obviously pop bring up the assists, him and Greenway working together, and obviously Yule Eric Zanek and Greenway, there's some chemistry there. Obviously, wings can set each other up as well, just like uh, <clears throat> Jason Zucker did on multiple occasions in the game, uh, particularly the one with the Jared Spurgeon goal. That was a beauty on the power play. B 
Beautiful. Kind of like him and Granlund back and forth. It was as if Zucker was Granlund and Spurgeon was Zucker with the, with a one-time release. Uh, Nita Ryder adding some points in this game as well, which is, you know, we're happy for that. He was able to obviously get the goal, the deflection off of the Jonas Brodeen shot very early there. That was very helpful. Parisi with a couple of helpers and a goal very late. Awesome lead pass from Jared Spurgeon. How nice was that? Uh, Studer also picking up the second assist, but an awesome lead pass from Spurgeon that ultimately set up Parisi well, avoided the offsides and all that, and Parisi able to finish his 14th goal of the season on the power play. Parisi playing at a 70, 75 points uh, level at this point. Uh, this this late in the season, it feels so good. Uh, he's already at, uh, yeah, he's projected to get about 75 points this year. Dub is projected to get just under 60 so, getting to be like the Brent Burns level with uh, Matt Dumba. Brent Burns of the Sharks, that is. Uh, at least in the scoring. The defense, both of them are questionable defensively, but I think Burns, obviously, a bit more accomplished, a bit more steady defensively than Dumba. Still capable of the awful moments here and there, but Dumba, again, he's on he's, he's on pace to be just under 60 points as the guy continues to get better and better and better and better. Uh, Granlund also... Three helpers in the game. He's at 31 points already. I'm thrilled with Mikhail Granlin. Obviously, the nasty turnover in the neutral zone didn't help, but uh, Granlin on pace for about 84 points on the season. I mean, man, you, you, you got to love what you're seeing out of him. 20 assists, leads the team. He's also at, a lot of, at 11 goals, which is tied with, well, yeah, tied with Stahl for third on the team. Dumba's second on the team in goals, which is absolutely nuts. Ahead of Jason Zucker. Oh, man. A guy who scored 33 goals last year. 33, and obviously the explosiveness that Zucker has, crazy. Um, the dumb bomb. He is. Uh, he's putting the puck in. He's putting the puck in the net. I mean, and there's, that's just all there is to it. He's been phenomenal in that sense. It's uh, as long as he can continue to improve defensively a little bit. I mean, just to just to get to an just to get to a point where he's average would be really nice. Uh, you know, in some games he is, and man, I mean, he's got all star potential. There's no doubt about it. Um, if Mikhail Granlund doesn't make the All-Star team, I think that's a travesty. You know what? I, I'm i glad Dubnik's not doing well statistically because the freaking All-Star game last year when Dubnik was just lights out in the first half of the season, it killed the guy. Don't go. It, there's nothing worse than being a goalie in the All-Star game. You're a sacrificial lamb. You're facing a firing squad. There's no defense, and there's pucks going past you every 10 seconds. Every time, you know, every time Dubnik goes to the All-Star game, he stinks afterwards. And I bet you a lot of the other goalies stink for a while afterwards, too. But uh, it's on you to kind of get, get your head back right. And it's also up to your coach to maybe sit you down a couple extra games just because, even if you don't like it, sit him down. Oh, poor Stalock. Obviously, his numbers dropped dramatically because of that Edmonton game. 2.65 goals against average. Pretty much an average guy, an average Joe out there. Save percentage just over 90. Yuck, because of that game. Just a rotten game. Dubnik right at 91%. 2.72 goals against average. The Montreal game was a lot of fun. But again, it's just one game. Um, it's nice for stat stuffing, and I'm glad the Wild were able to do that. I want Charlie Coyle at center. I want Charlie Coyle at center. And if it means moving Mr. Eulerickson uh, Eck over to the wing, go for it. Um, unfortunately, both Greenway and Eck are uh, right wing, or I mean, I mean, are would be left wingers. So you're gonna have to kind of work around that. Unfortunately, because again, that's the way this team was drafted in the past. I mean, everybody's a bleeping left winger, and nobody is uh, <laughs> nobody's a right. Uh, 
nobody's a right shot on this team. I mean, even Niederreiter's a left shot, but he's a right. But he's playing on the right wing, this and that. So as long as you can work it out somehow, some way to have Coyle at the center. I mean, that's one of the number one reasons why Coyle is on the wing because there's no, there's he's one of the only right shot forwards on the team, which is utterly ridiculous. So that's kind of where you're stuck. Obviously, Parisi, Granlin, all of them. You know, Granlin plays on the right wing with Zucker, even though he's he's a left shot. So it's absolutely nuts. Absolutely nuts. Uh, go ahead and question my hockey IQ, Joe Weller, if you happen to be listening. I'm not sure he's a listener to the show. I doubt it. He probably wouldn't probably wouldn't listen to it. But if he thinks if he thinks that about me, but you know, I, again, I'm a veteran of this game for many years. I didn't just I didn't just turn on the TV set one day and say, "Hey, I like hockey. I'm gonna do a I'm gonna do a podcast." <laughs> I'm not like that. So. Obviously, um, it is what it is. Again, I just look at the body of work. Okay, is Ulrich the next scoring at all? And look at Charlie Coyle as a center. Is he a better player? Yes. It's just common sense. Okay, Charlie Coyle should be at center uh, for from now on. Charlie Coyle should be a center for this team from now on, and just figure things out. Make some trades. Balance the bleeping roster. You know, obviously Paul Fenton is a very, very intelligent general manager. I know something's coming. I just know it. Uh, heck, if it means trading Ulrich and X, so be it. Maybe, maybe that's what happens. Maybe we end up watching him score seventy points next year for the Montreal Canadiens, or the since that's who we—that's the only team we trade with lately, or the Sharks. So that's the other team we used to trade with every every bleeping year. That was, of course, uh, Mr. Fletcher, um, but. Well, well, we'll see what happens. There's there's going to be a trade. you got to balance this roster out a bit more again. And I, you notice how there were several, you know, right right shooters in the draft, defense and offense. And then it got more lefty again as things moved on because there was centers mostly. So centers are what they are. I mean, it, and just, just about everybody in the NHL is a bleeping left shot. So uh, whatever, man. Um, balance the roster out. That's all we can say at this point. The man, this is way longer than I meant it to be, but I had a I had a little mini rant to talk about, I guess there, because I got I don't know I got thrown under the bus a little bit. Not, or, I didn't feel too too happy about that. We'll say uh, the Mike Madano slash Neil Broughton Award for this week, <sighs> Parisi. I mean, I I thought he was consistent the whole week, generally speaking. I mean, it could go to so many different. It, it could go to multiple players because there was some good play. I, I'm, I'm going to give it to Parisi. I, I think he was overall the best player on the ice. The skaters, Granlin, obviously was awesome at times. I'm going to give it to Parisi for this past week. The mem- James Shepard Memorial. It's just like the goaltending in the game, but obviously the defense as well in front of him. <sighs> I don't really want to beat up on the goalies for that Edmonton game. It was just awful. Um, it's not going to need a writer this week. He was pretty strong. Just in general, the game, the play of the wild in that Edmonton game, the way they just, like, didn't even show up. It was awful. So, generally speaking, I'm going to give it to, uh, I'm just going to give it to the, 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 the whole play of the team in the Edmonton game for James Shepard because nobody really stands out as, like, this guy was just awful. He got us killed here and there. It was just a nasty game in general, you know, and you don't want to beat up on Erickson Eck because his defense is really good. He's not hurting us. He's just not helping much, and that bugs me. Same with, like, a JT Brown. He's not hurting us, and he's not helping much either. So that's kind of where I stand with that. We'll take a quick break. 
We will come back, preview the next three games where we will get to play Calgary again, but this time in XL Energy Center. Thank God. Hopefully that makes a difference. Please. Let's 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 do what we did to Montreal. Wouldn't that be nice? And then look at the prospects again some more. And a comment from Chad Walski on the Facebook page. <laughs> Segment number two, we're going to preview three games, get into the prospects and such. I'm going to start a tiny bit differently this time around because I don't want to forget. That would be terrible. Um, I remember how I posted the whole, I posted those whole line ideas on the Brave the Wild page as well as Minnesota Wild Hardcore. Chad Walski, one of the big shots over there on the uh, Minnesota Wild Hardcore page, great guy. He actually uh, responded to it here on the uh, Brave the Wild Facebook page. So facebook.com forward slash Brave the Wild and major shout out to Minnesota Wild Hardcore. Chad Walski says, Rusker was, uh, Rusker, Russo was just talking about moving Coyle to center the third line when Koivu comes back. Sending Eck down and keeping Cunning up. Well, look at that. There you go. Isn't that cool? So that, that's great to hear. Uh, Chad Walski says, I'm on board with this, and I am too. And yes, uh, hasn't Honest been hurt though? Yes, Sam Honest had a broken hand, and like I was saying in the first segment, of course, which obviously you, you didn't know I was saying it because you were writing it at that time. <laughs> you were writing it at the time I'm saying it here while doing the podcast. Um, yeah, it's just unfortunately, yeah, he had a bro, yeah, he had a broken hand a little while back, and he's going to be out for a while. That's obviously one of those type of injuries that lingers a bit. Um, that's the stuff. That's the thing. It's like you could see all this stuff on the Iowa Wild, this and that. This guy's doing well. This guy's doing well. They don't, they don't even talk about an injury to a significant player like that. It's weird. But um, I guess I got to dig more into the blogging and such. Read blogs and this and that because it's not showing up in any type of uh, Iowa Wild news or anything. So certain like individual blogs, maybe that's where it might come down to. And I appreciate those of you that do uh, pass on that type of information. That's my bad, and I do apologize deeply for that because. I'm a huge fan of keeping up with the prospects because a lot of those guys, you know, at very least can help the team short term and some of them for long term for many years to come. Obviously, Cunning's development down there this year has been huge. And that's why I'm a fan of keeping Cunning up this time. I like his development down there, how it was going in the AHL. He was becoming a bit of a score, kind of a semi-slow start and then some sp- some spurts here and there, and then then it started to get more and more consistent. Though, unfortunately, the play of the Iowa Wild of late has not been so hot. We'll talk about that shortly. Let's get to the previews, but thank you very much, Chad, for uh, including including yourself on this show and posting on that Facebook page, taking the time to write that. Thank you very much. Thank you. That was was awesome. So, uh, if you can keep posting on there, here and there, it's uh, freaking awesome. So, (laughs) thank you very much. And those of you out there that are regular listeners to this show, Please join that Facebook page and please join in the, in the conversation. It's it's worth it. Facebook.com forward slash Brave the Wild. At Brave the Wild is the Twitter account. Please give that a follow if you could. Now let's get to those previews. If humanly possible. Tonight on the 13th. Oh boy, 13. Uh, but hopefully it's... <laughs> hopefully it's unlucky for Florida, not the Minnesota Wild. Uh, Calgary Flames will be coming to uh, to Excel Energy Center on Saturday. 
But Thursday night, the Minnesota Wild will be hosting the Florida Panthers, a team that has struggled mightily in the net, but a team that scores goals, yes. Um, last year, the last several years, it's kind of been the opposite. Like, they're low scoring. A couple guys at the top are good. They're kind of a pain in the ass team to play against defensively. They win some games. This year, they're scoring more, and the goaltending and the defense just non- non-existent. Uh, Jonathan Huberdeau has been fantastic. Remember, he really uh, he really showed up uh, Nate Proster last year in one of those plays. Big-time goal there, making a nice move around him and such. Uh, he's leading the club with 36 points. Mike Hoffman, the former Ottawa senator, a senator, senator, a former Ottawa senator with 29 points on the year, leading the club with 15 goals. Then Dendonov also 14 goals. He's at 29 points. Just flip flop the assists there. Um, that group has been playing pretty well together. Barkov, Keith, the Handel, Vincent Trocek, obviously a valuable guy. But everyone on the club is a, is a minus. Every single player down the line is a minus because things have just not been going so well defensively. Again, there was an opposite last year. The goaltending has just been horrendous. Uh, Roberto Luongo is 500. He, he's always hurt, too. Uh, he's 500 on the year. Goals against average just above three. Save percentage, like a fraction of above 90%. He finally got his first shutout of the year, though. The first shutout of the year in general for, for the Florida Panthers. They shut out the Boston Bruins on December the 4th at home. But since then, and one game before them as well, three days before, a pretty epic 5-4 uh, to four loss with their cross-state rivals there, the Tampa Bay Lightning. So pretty cool Miami versus Tampa there. 5-4 to four loss. At home, unfortunately, for the Florida Panthers. So things continue there. The uh, again, they beat Boston on the fourth. They're ultimately one and one and four in their past five. A five to two loss hosting Colorado. Five to, five to four loss hosting New York, and a four to three loss in St. Louis. Ooh, that's bad. Look at the goals allowed by this team. Other than okay, yay, the shutout against Boston, right? They allowed five goals against Tampa, five goals against Colorado, five goals against the New York Rangers, four goals against the St. Louis Blues. So what's going to happen tonight? Is Roberto Luongo going to get a shutout, or is it going to be James Reimer in that, and he's going to get a shutout? Or keep the Wild down to two? Did the Wild use up all their goals against the Montreal Canadiens, the ones that were uh, kind of like locked up somewhere in the closet against Calgary and Edmonton? And then we're going to lock them right back up again. Um, I hope not. I really hope not. Uh, Vincent Trochak has missed a, a 11 games, by the way. Very productive player in the time he's been out there, though. 14 points in the 18 games. He's well, obviously one of the more valuable players on this Florida team. And obviously injuries to guys like that, not helpful. Nick Bukestad, also Minnesota ties. Minnesota ties have been in, in Florida forever. Teams like Florida, Arizona, and such. Ah, oh boy. You gotta win this game, please. You you gotta win this game. They can't even beat the Blues, man. They you know, got hammered by Colorado and a mediocre Rangers team. They shut out Boston. That's weird. Let's just hope this isn't one of those kind of games for them. Oh, boy, is their schedule look brutal after this one. <laughs> Toronto, Buffalo, Toronto. Ouch! And then Detroit and Chicago, Montreal. That's a lot easier. Philly's not doing so hot either. They've, of course, hired Chuck Fletcher and fired their coach very recently as well. So, uh, very interesting. Uh, Ron, Ron Hextall, the former goaltender for Philadelphia and general manager, was fired and replaced by Chuck Fletcher. So that's going to be pretty interesting to see how things turn out there. Brent Flair, of course, also on his way to Philly now, leaving Minnesota to join Chuck Fletcher in Philadelphia, which is how it is. That's how it always is. So, that's why. I mean, Brent Flair probably had a feeling that eventually 
Paul Fenton's going to make a move, and obviously Brent Flair as well. Reduced role with Minnesota. Now he gets to be the assistant GM again under Chuck Fletcher. So good luck to Fletcher and the Philadelphia Flyers. Luckily, they're in the other conference in case things actually work out a little better there. Oh, boy. I, I don't know. Decent drafter. Bad trader. Bad trades. Lots of bad trades for uh, Chuck Fletcher. His drafting is okay. Okay, uh, Risebrow was bad at everything, pretty much. The only thing Risebrow was good at was putting together an expansion team with the limited abilities we had back in those days. Um, nowadays, an expansion team, you spend like a billion dollars, or, well, not quite that much, but like half a billion or so, and you get, you know, you get some pretty nice players to choose from. And then you go from there, which uh, that's what Las Vegas did, and Seattle, some things will do. There I go off into La La Land a little bit. You gotta win this freaking game. I mean, seriously. <clears throat> the most likely guy to score for Minnesota against the Florida Panthers. Let's go with, uh, I'm going crazy. Let's go with Charlie Coyle. Let's, let's see. Go back-to-back games with goals. Center position. Second line center. Go get him. Go get him, Chuck. Charlie Coyle scores again. His sixth goal of the season. <laughs> That's better than the two he had at this point a couple of years ago. And then he picked it up massively. Uh, spectacular, low-scoring 2-1 to victory over Calgary. I can't believe I still remember that. That's like four years ago. Um, I think, yeah, that was when Yo was still the coach. And we were on our way to having actually a way better season. That might have been the 13-14 season, if I remember correctly. Or the year we signed Dubnik, uh, traded for Dubnik. I'm losing my mind. I think it was the year before. <clears throat> Minnesota's got to win this freaking game, though. Let's go with like four to th- four to two, four to three, five to three type of game. Minnesota wins. Most likely, got to go score tonight. I'm going to go with Charlie Coyle. Minnesota needs to score early and often on this team. It might even be a six to two type game, six to three. Florida can score. That's the thing. They can score, but they're a mess. They're a mess, just like the Montreal Canadiens. You got to come out and beat the Florida Panthers. The Minnesota will win the game by multiple goals, in my opinion. Let's keep moving. I don't want to play the Flames again. Damn it, I love the Flames, but not when they play us. No. Will David Riddich be in net this time? Mike Smith has dropped his goals against average by about half a goal a game. He's just under 3 now, 299. Save percentage, 888. Riddich, though, has struggled lately. Mike Smith now has two shutouts because he got a second one recently, if you can believe that. That guy, he's going to be in net. He shut out the uh, Minnesota Wild, and he shut out the Edmonton Oilers. In a loss. No, he did not shut out the Oilers. I'm, I'm losing my mind. They lost to the Oilers. Uh, Mike Smith, ultimately, though, earlier in the year, actually got his first shutout. So, my bad there. The Oilers shut out the <laughs> Calgary Flames. Ouch. How did the Flames get shut out with the goals they've been scoring? Remember the 9-6 to win over Columbus two days before the 2 nothing win over Minnesota? 9-6. to How do you score 9 goals, man? Nine, uh, 5-2 to win versus Nashville. I don't care if it's in the Saddle Dome or in Nashville. Amazing win for Calgary over the Nashville Predators, one of the other super teams in the league. And then Calgary scoring like madmen again, 6-5 to five, thrashing of the Philadelphia Flyers. Chuck Fletcher's club there on December the 12th, just yesterday. Boy, these these guys score like, I can't, I mean, Johnny Gaudreau now is at 42 points in the year. He's one of the top players in the league now. Johnny Hockey, Johnny Gaudreau, Shane Monahan already at 20 goals. Sean Monahan already at 20 goals on the season. Matthew Tachuk continues to get better and better and better. 37 points. Ah, oh, why can't Minnesota get players like this? Elias Lindholm, Mark Giordano. Re- remember like I was talking last show how Giordano was like at maybe maybe eight points at this time, at this stage last year. That's when he was on my fantasy team was last year. Imagine if he was on it this year. I mean look at the if you look at the defensemen on my roster. Yeah. 
Yuck. I mean, I might as well sign Jonas Brodeen at this point. It's like that. Um, Calgary filled with players. Oh, yeah, TJ Brody. There you go. That's the Brodeen, basically. Literally similar. Kind of a, you know, 20-point guy. Defenseman. Solid player. Sam Bennett's underachieved mightily. He's the he's the Erickson Eck, I would have to say, on, on the offensive side, anyway, for the Calgary Flames. And he still has more points than Erickson Eck, more than twice. James Neal's been a massive disappointment. I mean, when he went to Calgary, I thought, here we go. But, of course, he's playing in a reduced role because Elias Lindholm has been something special to behold. You would have, you, you, you expect James Neal to be more productive than he's been. Now, he's a minus nine. He's just six points in 32 games. He's been extremely disappointing for the Calgary Flames. Second in the NHL in goals scored. They are way at the top, up there with the Toronto Maple Leafs. They're now 10th in goals against. With the awful start that Mike Smith had, things have gotten that much better. 10th. 10th. They're in the top third of the league now. Power play is 12th, which I think has dropped off a bit. Penalty kill is eh. So again, you hope to God you can beat the Calgary Flames with some power play goals. I want to see Zach Parisi score against his Flames, and I think he's the guy. He's going to get his at least his 15th goal of the season. And he can be up there with uh, some of those great goal scorers, right? <laughs> Elias Lindholm's got 16 already. I can't believe it. Lindholm will probably find the back of the net again, or Monaghan. Monaghan's obviously the major goal scorer for the Calgary Flames. I don't like this matchup. It's been awful forever. Can I pick the Wild to beat Calgary? I can pick them to beat Florida. I'm not going to pick them to beat Calgary. 4-3 to three win for the Calgary Flames. Mike Smith will probably be in that again. Minnesota's going to find the back of the net. Uh, David Riddich has dropped off a bit again recently. Not a good game last night. Uh, and ultimately, his goals against average climbing now. Save percentage at 92. Goals against average 2.31. Still dazzling. And that 93 record is awesome. But giving up a few goals of late. But I wouldn't be surprised to see more consistent play out of uh, David Riddich as well. It's a competition now between Smith and Riddich. And sometimes that's a good thing. If you can have a like a... Uh, uh, a, almost like a platoon of, of goalies. If Mike Smith steps up enough and David David Riddich stays good enough that he's not like a packup, he's more of like a one uh, A one B type of guy. Calgary's got a good thing going. I mean, you know, I mean, sometimes that's good. Sometimes it is. It can get a little weird in the playoffs, but on occasion it can save your bacon. No, like if one of them's struggling, the other one's hot and ready to go because they're tired of waiting to play. But Calgary's going to win the game four to three. Zach Creasy will be the most likely guy to score for Minnesota. At the end of the day. Okay, the Sharks. Well, the Sharks. The San Jose Sharks. I love the Wilds' history against this team. And again, you wait all the way till Tuesday again, which is funny. A couple days off this time. Again, Sunday and Monday off. 18th, Tuesday. Minnesota always plays on Tuesday, and that's cool with me. That's cool. Excel Energy Center, and then Minnesota heads to Pittsburgh for a game. And then Dallas at home, and then long Christmas break. And then you go to Chicago and Winnipeg. And you play Pittsburgh again on New Year's Eve at home. We always play on New Year's Eve, and hopefully this time we actually win. Damn it. Uh, San Jose Sharks, though. Very talented team. Third in the Pacific Division, where Calgary is, of course. Calgary, again, tops in the West. The Vegas Golden Knights today would be in the playoffs. What a nice turnaround by the Vegas Golden Knights. You know what? I applaud them for that. Uh, 37 points on the year. San Jose Sharks tied with the Vegas Golden Knights. Wow. Wow. With all the glitzy players on the Sharks. Uh, Martin Jones has been a disappointment this year. Big time. He was much stronger last year. For the Sharks. Aaron Dell also. Just okay. But at least he's throwing in a couple shutouts. Kind of hot and cold guy. Where Martin Jones has been just consistently okay. Save percentage for both goalies right at 90. Very average. Very average goaltending. Brent Burns 
is tied with Timo Meyer and Logan Coulter for the lead at 30 points apiece, all three of them. Brent Burns, 26 assists on the season. Just power play legend out there. 10 assists on the power play throughout the season. We all know what he can do other than have a huge beard and have a ton of reptiles and all that and be the crazy cool guy he is. He's a son of a gun, boy. He'll, he'll probably find the back of the net against Minnesota because he always does. He just always does. And the Sharks have been playing pretty damn good hockey of late. Crushing Montreal. Well, not crushing, but beating them. Crushing Carolina 5-1 to at home. Losing to Dallas 3-2. to Losing to Arizona. Those Arizona Coyotes are pesky. I'm kind of scared to have them in our division because I think they're going to be a thorn in our side. They always beat the Wild, man. New Jersey Devils right now looking for the number one pick again. I'm stunned by that. But hey, hey, you know, if you get another number one pick and Nico Hershier works out, and as uh, long as Adam Hall, you know, as <laughs> long as Adam Hall doesn't get frustrated, too frustrated and want to get traded away, New Jersey could be a damn good team in about a year or two if all goes well for them with those draft picks. But I don't know. You don't want to be like Edmonton and trade account on draft picks and suck for 15, 20 years. But sometimes that's how it goes. Joel... Joe Pavelski has been obviously a valuable player forever. He's leading that club with 20 goals, doing a little Shane Monahan action, but not attacking on the assists at all. That's why he's stuck at 27 points. But I'd still take him if he's got 20 goals on the season. He's fine in the back of the net. That's been kind of a problem for the Sharks this year. Uh, they're struggling in that category a little bit. I mean, okay, they're eighth in the league, but generally speaking, you know, nobody nobody's really that spectacular in that sense. Um, but I don't know. Who, who am I to say? This is the wild. We struggle with goals all the time. Thomas Hurl's just kind of, you know, he's hanging in there, having a strong season, I'd have to say, for his standards. Eric Carlson's caught up in a big way after a very slow start. He's at 20 points on the season. I'd still take him. <laughs> I would still take him, no doubt. Eight, eight assists on the power play. He's caught up nicely to Brent Burns. And luckily for both him and Burns, they have been healthy throughout the season. <clears throat> Joe Thornton has got to be near the end. Boy, he is so down there. 12 points in the 23 games he's played. He's missed nine on the season. He's got to be right about at this final season. I mean, he's older than me, so he's way up there. Uh, Minnesota, I, I think we can beat the Sharks again. Minnesota's record against San Jose has been wonderful the past few years, generally speaking. And at home, I mean, I, I have a good feeling about it. San Jose's not so great in the net right now. They're good on the power play, phenomenal on the penalty kill, third in the league. Penalty minutes, they're in the middle, this and that, just like everybody we've been playing lately. <sighs> Every time we play this team, it's low scoring for some reason. I mean, you know, I mean, obviously, Martin Jones has been, in the past, has been better than he, than he was this, uh, than he has been this year. I don't know. Uh, they've struggled the goals allowed. They're in the bottom half of the league, are the Sharks. Minnesota, definitely a winnable game for us, I gotta say. I mean, I don't know. I mean, the Sharks, again, though, they've been playing a lot better lately, which scares me. They'll be playing Dallas and at Chicago before that. I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I don't really trust the Wild right now. It'd be nice to believe that uh, things are going to turn around. Minnesota goes 2-1 and one this week after the 1-2 and two week last week. Recent history says the Wild are going to win this game. And again, even though that the Sharks have been playing better, I mean, they're due for a loss somewhere in there. Maybe they'll beat Dallas or lose to Dallas, beat Chicago, lose to Minnesota, that type of thing. <clears throat> I'm thinking 3-2. to two. I'm thinking a win for Minnesota, 3-2. to two. Uh, Mikhail Granlin's going to find the back of the net. Now, Nito Niederreiter is going to find the back of the net for Minnesota over the Sharks. Some kind of a tip-in or something. Something... Uh, 
hoping for the best there. I think it's going to be something like a tip-in for Nino Niederreiter, kind of being close to the net, this and that. A Parisi type of goal, I would have to say in that sense, but more of a deflection. That's usually where Niederreiter gets his goals, kind of screening a bit and finishing that way off the uh, deflection from a suitor, Dumba, somebody like that. Uh, probably on the power play. Well, no, no, probably not on the power play. That's where they're at their best. But uh, regulation play. Minnesota somehow finds a way to win it, though. 3-2. to two. We just always seem to get the job done. Uh, Spurgeon is probably the guy more likely, actually, to score against this team. He's had some spectacular goals that led us to victory over the Sharks in the past. I'm going to go with Jared Spurgeon. Most likely going to score a 3-2 to two win. Minnesota over the San Jose Sharks. Okay, let's look at the prospects now as we near the end of the show here. And as usual, we start with the Iowa Wild. And I don't know, it's been... Guys have been scoring a bit, but they're, now they're struggling. And Cabo Kalkan has been in the net every game because Andrew Hammond's been hurt. Uh, Hammond with a shoulder injury hasn't been in the net for a while. Now Cabo Kalkan has been, in more, been, through the, been in the pipes, between the pipes, pardon me, in more games than Andrew Hammond. Now 13 and... Started out the year crazy, three shutouts in a row. Obviously, the first game was pretty lousy, and then he really stepped up after that. And since then, it's been a struggle. It's because he's been in that every single game. So I don't know. Unfortunately, he got be uh, he got had five goals against last night and another loss for Iowa. They're still way up there, leading their division and everything. But now, uh, now they've been I, I don't know. They've been giving up goals of late. Kapo Kalkanen, because of that dazzling start, though, still at 2.17 goals against and save percentage at 92.5. Justin Kluse, again, missed missed a, several games earlier in the year. He's been catching up, and he's been doing well. A few multi-point games, pardon me, 13 in the 20 games, six of those goals. Love Justin Kluse's uh, production, especially with the uh, loss of Sam Onnes for an extended period, who's just had a snake bit season. Uh, Justin Kluse has stepped up nicely in that sense. Obviously, they play different positions, but still, somebody has to score, and Justin Clues has been doing that. Uh, Cunning had a few multi-point games recently while he was still down there. Now up with Minnesota, of course, third-line right winger for Minnesota, helping out there. Um, he's been uh, very strong along the way there. Third-line right winger with the Greenway, and of course, Yule Eriksson Eck. Dimitri Sokolov added another goal last night, 14 points on the season. His eighth goal of the season, he's missed Eight games so far this year. Conditioning issues and this and that. And that's been frustrating. Uh, Susi and Belpedio also added a point very recently. Belpedio last night and Susi the other night. Uh, seven now for Belpedio. He's quietly been picking up a bit. He's added a couple points this past week. Susi at seven also. Good for him. Will Biden finally adding his third assist on the season. Very quiet. Uh, again, he was an acquisition in the uh, uh, Gustav Olofsson trade this past uh, past fall here. Brendan Mendel added another assist in the past week, nine points. But Iowa's not been winning games lately, and it's unfortunate. Luckily, they've been hanging on, though, to their first place position because they've been just, you know, they've won a couple games, but generally speaking, they've been they've been basically like one and three this past week, and that's definitely frustrating. Um, nice to see some of the prospects factoring in some of the scoring. Cal O'Reilly still leads the team with a com- uh, commanding six-point lead there. Mason Shaw, it had been a big drought, added his 14th assist finally. 17 points on the year for Mason Shaw. He was leading the club in scoring for an extended period there and then just went completely dormant for about two weeks. Nice to see him uh, end that little slide there. Uh, So that's cool. Now we try to dance around a little more, if humanly possible, into the prospects. Some of the prospects, again, a nice weekend last week. Very, uh, (laughs) very... 
solid week for the Golden Gophers. They added a point with the tie tie loss, overtime loss. It's a little different in college hockey. You still get a point even though you lose, but it's still called a tie. But the other team gets two points. Why don't they just call it OTL like in hockey? But whatever. Uh, Jack Sadick added three points this past weekend, which is a huge jump. He's now just one point behind last year's pace at 38 games last year. Only 15, eight points for Jack Sadick. Nice weekend for him against Michigan. Minnesota taking three out of four points against Michigan this past weekend. That was nice on the road. So very nice win for the Minnesota Gophers in that game there down the stretch. Big comeback and good finish. <clears throat> Minnesota looked like they were going to blow it up 2 nothing, down 3-2 to and ended up winning 4-3. to That felt like a million dollars. Nick Sweeney, 7th round pick, 2017. Very recent still. He's at 9 points. Added another assist the past weekend. He has uh, continued to step it up a bit. Brandon Duhame, 2016. Fourth round pick from Parkland, Florida. He is uh, he's been scoring more goals this year. He's he's just at a point a game almost. He's he's almost there. Thirteen points in the sixteen games for Providence. He has been stepping it up after a slow start to the season. A lot of the prospects had a strong week, which feels good in in at least in the collegiate ranks. I believe Sam Hench has added his fifth goal. That's yep. He added his fifth goal this past weekend. Now at eight points on the season. So, again, after he had six points in, like, the first weekend, pretty much. Huge start for him. Uh, but, yeah, he's uh, had a couple points now the last couple weeks. Just, you know, one point a weekend, it's better than nothing. To step up from where he was at the time. And I used to look at how some of those guys are doing in the collegiate ranks. Again, Sam Hentges for St. Cloud State, one of the top teams in the country. Ivan Lodnia, is he still at a point a game? Yes, he is. In fact, a little bit above that. Stepping up again, 29 points in the thirty in the 27 games. Nine of them goals for the <clears throat> Niagara Ice Dogs over there. Gotta love some of those places. <laughs> cool. Those are just, you know, that just reeks of like classic hockey, doesn't it? In some of those areas. It makes you think about Lake Placid and all that when uh, all the, the, the miracle happened. So, yep, some of the prospects again stepping up. Nice to see them having a nice week. More interesting than last week, I'd have to say, for some of these guys. Again, I mean, what a weekend for Jack Sadick and the Gophers. That was pretty cool. I mean, three points from Jack Sadick, that's like a scoring flurry. Again, three points in two games for Jack Sadick. <laughs> <laughs> obviously more of a stay-at-home defenseman type, but ever capable of being a guy who can get in the mix and, of course, uh, again, set other players up, just getting the shot on net and serving up some juicy rebounds, which, of course, again, Eric Stahl finished on his own juicy rebound against the Montreal Canadiens. That was a beauty uh, during the during the during uh, that 7-2 thrashing of the Canadiens who were slacking off most of that game. Overall, fun, fun, fun game there. And a fun weekend for the prospects. Uh, hopefully looking forward to some more of that in the coming weeks here. Unfortunately, we're heading closer and closer into that Christmas break, which is, hell, it is what it is. You're going to, you know, they're not going to be playing a whole lot of games for now. But then here comes the Big Ten schedule again into January, and that's when the real fun begins. And ultimately the push towards the NCAA tournament, which I pray to God the Gophers find a way to make it. And maybe a nice little solid weekend. The one, the Gophers even got two points against uh, Ohio State because of the, the tie losses, whatever. Tie losses. <laughs> That's good. I mean, at least you get something out of that because Ohio State's a Final Four, Frozen Four type of team. So good for the Golden Gophers. Of course, Minnesota Duluth still kicking ass, which again, Jim Maddell, Sarah Maddell, and others on Minnesota Wild Hardcore, big lovers of the Duluth Bulldogs, and understandably, because, well, they're, they're awesome. And Nick Sweeney, there's my favorite Duluth Bulldog, because I care about the Minnesota Wild more than I care about the 
<laughs> I care about anything else, pretty much. Uh, Jack Mc, oh yeah, Jack McBain. That was the other big one. He had a two points this past week and a goal and an assist. So he's now at four points. He's struggled mightily, as have the Boston College Club. There, they have struggled mightily as well in and, um, this this season. Definitely not on their way to a tournament when they've been a national power forever. Boston College and Boston University actually not doing well this year. So imagine like if the Gophers are awful and miss the tournament too. Kind of weird. But go Quinnipiac. That's that Sam Onitz's club. Formerly, of course, uh, he had a great run there, and they lost the national championship game to the hated North Dakota Fighting Hawks. Fighting Hawks. I did not feel too pleased about that. Uh, another shout out to GPL Gopher Puck Live. Love that show. Highly recommended. And now we'll give the contact details again. Facebook.com forward slash Brave the Wild at Brave the Wild for the Twitter account. Please like and follow those if you could. Be greatly appreciated. The uh, other contact details, the phone lines, 209-736-7877, 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention you're calling in for Brave the Wild. Give your statement, shout-out, comment, question, and opine. There is the call now button on the Facebook page. goes to the same number through Facebook Messenger, so it's free no matter where you're from, as long as you're connected to the Internet one way or another. The final route is the audio submission route, which I highly, highly recommend. Use the free voice recording application on any smart device you have. Treat it like a phone call. Save it and send it to PaladinoLive at Yahoo.com. PaladinoLive at Yahoo.com. I will then, uh, of course, again, convert it into an MP3 file thanks to Zamzar.com. Thank you very much for that website for providing that service. Very, very valuable to this show and Purple Mafia and Timberwolves Explosion as well. Thanks again, and God bless there. Please do write a positive rating about Brave the Wild if you could. If you want to help this show, if you like this show and want to help me out, please write a positive rating on Brave the Wild. it only take a couple of minutes. Five-star rating on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, whatever it is, would be greatly appreciated. Thank you again, and if, I, if and when I see it, because I will see it, I will give you a huge thank you and shout-out on air. And uh, God bless. I really, really would appreciate if... Uh, you would be able to do that. It only helps the show and makes it more attractive to future listeners as well. Please tell your friends about the show also, if you could. God bless. Take care. We'll talk to you next week. Hopefully a, hopefully a much, much better week than it was last one.